0: Well, I don't know if I can teach you patience.
1: <laughs> I've been trying for 32 years, but maybe someone will be able to eventually. Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. Today, I am joined by Ashley. Ashley, Welcome. Hi, Eileen. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing pretty good, thanks. Good. Um, who are you, Ashley? Who am I? Uh, I'm a, a web person, and I live in Dallas, and I'm also a trans woman. So uh, does that kind of help fill in some of that? Sure. Um, I always ask that. That's my standard question,
1: just because this show is all about my guests. Um, Something that a lot of people have commented on is how guest centric it is. Um, And I want to give people a chance to define themselves, especially since I frequently talk to people who are not given that opportunity all of the time. So that's why instead of being like, well, I'm going to tell people who you are, I let you I let you do it. So, yeah, that works. I'm good with that. So part of what we're going to do today is kind of talk about transgender, like transgender 101 for cis people. Um, yep. And the reason, um, well, one, you volunteered, you were like, hey, you know, I can come on your show. And I was like, I would love to have you on my show. Can we talk about this issue? Mm mm-hmm. um, And part of the reason I decided to do it now is. um is the bruce jenner interview Mm -hmm. um i didn't watch it but i kind of through the the twitter grapevine kind of heard some of the questions that were asked right and i wasn't exactly happy with them (laughs) um Mm, right so i figured it would be good to have um to have a transgender person on the show to kind of give cis people like an idea of questions that may or may not be acceptable to ask Mm-hmm. and um you know, just just kind of that kind of thing, so that um so that cisgender people such as myself can be a little bit more sensitive <laughs> toward transgender people, yeah, sure, that
0: sounds like a good thing
1: so um, I guess the first thing that maybe we should do is define what uh what cisgender and- sh- transgender
0: mean okay, sure, so uh transgender is when someone is born and they look like a certain gender, or at least doctors and their parents might think they look like a certain gender, but it turns out that they're not. Um, so for instance, in my case, um, I think of myself as always having been a girl or a woman, but when I was born, my parents thought I was a boy and did for many years. And, um, so that covers the trans side of things. And cisgender people, that's just the opposite of trans people. It's sort of like how gay is the opposite of straight people or vice versa.
1: So cisgender is you're born, the doctors say, congratulations, it's a boy or girl based on your genitals. And you grow up feeling like you fit in that category.
0: That's right. Yes. That um, essentially, as you just said, with cis people or cisgender people, the gender people assigned to you at birth is the one you turn out to have. So it's awfully convenient, I'm sure, for, for cis people.
1: I, As a cisgender person, I can say, yeah, I, I feel like it's pretty convenient that, <laughs> that, I'm, that I've never had to go through that. Um, right. And there are also non-binary people. Um, That's right. Who feel... Like they don't fit in either category or they feel like parts of both categories belong to them. And then there are mm-hmm. people who don't feel like it at all. <laughs> so...
0: Right, right. And commonly, those types of people uh, identify as the term genderqueer. And as you mentioned, that could be someone who identifies as a bit of uh, one gender or another or a bit of both or or, as you said, neither. So... This, um, I
1: guess, cultural myth that we have that there are two genders is, mm, I was going to say well-intentioned, but I don't think there's any intention behind it. It's, no, it's... <laughs> no really.
0: It's just kind of bad intention yeah. or just bad circumstance, as it were, ignorance, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's just how
1: it is. So, yes, there are more than two genders. People can, can belong to either or, or like any of them, so... We need to get out of the binary thinking that it's you're either male or female. Right. Right. Yes. Yep. That's a good way of thinking of it. So what I didn't prep questions, and this is probably an episode I should have I should have made a list of questions about.
0: Well, we can figure out as we go along. <laughs> you can always edit it later, right? That's
1: true. Wink wink. <laughs> well, and um I think what I've figured out is part of the reason why. There are two reasons why I didn't want to do this episode. First is because I kind of think it's ridiculous that people are so mired in the, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, traditional way of thinking that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're you're boy, born a boy or girl and that's how you stay forever. Right. And um, I think that there are enough people and there's enough evidence pointing to the incorrectness of that belief that, like people just need to let go of it. And I, that's like idealistic, you know, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. yeah. But secondly, um is um as as you and I have discussed the um as an ally, I don't like um putting myself in a position where I might be perceived as speaking for other people. And um mm-hmm. you know, that's of course why I I, I asked you to help me with the shows because you can definitely speak to the trans experience much better than I can. Um but it's still, I don't know. And there's there's something else there that I haven't identified. Um, and I'm kind of worried that I'm afraid of sticking my foot in my mouth and saying something incorrect. But um, that's just something that I need to do.
0: <laughs> okay. So you're worried about like that you may mess up some trans terminology hypothetically or or something like that?
1: Yeah, or that um, you know, and I'm gonna that I might have some unconscious bias that Mm. You know, I don't think I do. But, you know, that's why it's called an unconscious bias. And right. Um, and so that's, you know, I just don't, I think I've demonstrated that I'm, I'm like, willing to retract a statement. And I'm willing to apologize for misspeaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially I think that's really important. Um, But, you know, I just I don't, I don't want to hurt feelings. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to get it wrong. And I think that's, a common experience, especially for the people who are listening to the shows, like, I want to help, but I don't want to get in the way and I don't want to be embarrassed.
0: Sure, sure. Um, I think, I mean, I agree with all of that. Um, I think also, just as kind of a a general thing that um, if would be allies happen to make a mistake, um, as long as um, and if, if someone points out that mistake, as long as they apologize for it and, and learn from it. I think that's something where people don't hold it against them. So for instance, if you were to mess up some terminology or something, and I said, actually, it's such and such. And as long as you realize that, I mean, I wouldn't be, be mad at you or anything. So I, I think that's a large part of it that um people who are uh, lacking privilege of one form or another often can... Uh, It can be quite understanding if as long as people um, can recognize mistakes, if they happen.
1: That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's that's something that we talked about on last week's episode. uh, Had Khalif Adams from Spawn on Me podcast. And a lot of what we talked about was just like being humble and realizing that you're not going to get it right 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So what do you wish that more suspicious gender people knew
0: about the trans experience um what I wish more cis people knew about the trans experience is that genitals really have nothing to do with gender and if you have uh, a baby and they may have uh, one set of gender genitals or another you might have a hunch of what your baby's gender is, but until they're old enough to tell you what their gender is, you don't really know for sure. So for instance, when, uh, if someone is pregnant and they ask a doctor for what is the gender of the baby, that's kind of at best a hunch that there's, I mean, statistically speaking, things may turn out that way, but you may think that you're going to have a girl and it's actually a boy or you may think you're having a boy and it's actually a girl or some other combination in there. So I think that's probably one of the main things off the top of my head. I had a discussion
1: with um with a friend recently about kind of where society is um currently with with the the broad understanding of um of gender, which is, you know, the binary mm-hmm. two genders. Um, so it it was actually after a parenting panel at PAX East, um, where, um, one of the panelists who has since become a friend of mine was talking about her, I I think her son is three or four Mm -hmm. and they're raising him as a boy, but he's. He's into quote unquote girl things. He likes having his mm-hmm. nails polished. Um, he loves his pink feather boa. Um, you know, mm. dress up clothes are are you know he he likes princess dresses. And she's like, "Yep, I'm all in." I'm. He wants that. That's what I'm going to give him. And mm-hmm. you know, if he tells me later, you know, "Hey, I'm a girl," she's like, "That's that's cool. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. what he she is. You know, and mm-hmm. um." What do you think about parenting approaches, I guess, as as someone who was raised as a boy and didn't realize until, I guess, adulthood and start transitioning until adulthood? Mm -hmm. How what is your opinion? How how do you think
0: kids should be raised? Um, I think um, I actually read a blog post by Tim Chevalier maybe about a month ago. Um, Do you follow him on Twitter? I don't. Oh, well, he's uh, he's a trans man. He lives, I think, in Nevada. And um, anyway, he's uh, a very smart guy. And I should probably look up his Twitter handle in case people had want to follow him or something.
1: I'll find it and put it in the show notes. Okay, yeah,
0: that sounds great. So uh, Tim recently wrote a blog post that he's thinking about um, getting pregnant and having a child. And he talked a bit about how He would like to raise his child. And Tim's approach, which I think I have a lot of respect for, is one that until his child is able to express what their gender is, Tim won't assign them a gender. So Tim won't use gendered pronouns for his child and things like that. Um, Just because a lot of... um, one of the tougher parts about being trans is, of course, coming out and having having to switch things over in your life, as it were. But I think uh, Tim's thinking was that if you could remove that friction, that could make things that much easier if his child turned out to be trans. So um, I think that's something that has a lot going for it and as sort of a harm reduction point of view. But I also recognize that that's probably um, something that a lot of parents aren't used to thinking about. And I'm not counting on a lot of people going that path.
1: I also wonder about how realistic it is in our current society. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, from a from a, a toy perspective, and that kind of thing, I I could see it working out. Um. But I think about like enrolling in school Mm -hmm. and what bathrooms to use and like all of these like I I think of as I think it's all ridiculous. Like I I, I do like Mm -hmm. use a bathroom. okay. you know, like I just
0: Mm -hmm. um, but society isn't there yet. So. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's not um, it's not an easy easy path um, to go for. And, um, but I, I think that even if it may have some imperfections in the plan, um, I think if I were to have children, um, I think that's something that I would be open to aiming for just given that, um, if, if my child did turn out to be transgender, I would want it to be a smaller burden than it might otherwise be.
1: Yeah. And I think I see more, more parents taking that route. I mean, I've seen news stories kind of, I don't know, in the last decade or so of every mm-hmm. once in a while I see a parent like, and it's newsworthy that a parent is oh, not, yeah. right. you know, not has chosen not to assign a gender to their child. Um, but I, I hear about it more and more frequently now. Mm hmm.
0: Right. And who knows? I mean, maybe this will kind of catch on. Um, And, uh, oh, for what it's worth, I just found Tim's Twitter thing. It's he's fat neck beard guy at, on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> yep. Well, that's one way to take,
1: like, pejoratives that
0: people are using. Yeah, he's owning it. Turning yeah, it for around. sure. Yep.
1: Um, and, and this is... You know, your perspective, I think, is also um, the friend with whom I was having this conversation was their perspective as well. Mm -hmm. that, Like, why, why, why try to assign a gender to to a child? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's I think it's definitely something to think about. And I guess. I mean, as a non-parent, it's really hard for me to say, you know, but something for I don't know, for parents to consider or or at least to. Like, if you see it happening, be non-judgmental about, you know.
0: Yeah, and I would even say um, uh, perhaps be supportive and not just non-judgmental. Because, like, if someone's wearing uh, a three-foot-wide purple hat, you might be non-judgmental. But there's a difference between that and being supportive of it.
1: That's a really good distinction. Really good distinction. Something there, I think it was about a year and a half ago, Carmen Carrera... And Laverne Cox were on, Mm -hmm. I don't know what show with Katie Couric. Oh, right. And, um, Katie Couric kept coming back around to ask if they had had, um, if they had had surgery, um, Mm -hmm. what I think people commonly call like cisgender commonly call, um, sex, sexual reassignment surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard it, um, recently on Twitter have been corrected, call it, um, sexual, uh, reconstructive surgery. And you provided another, a third one.
0: Uh, gender confirmation,
1: confirmation surgery, gender confirmation surgery. Um, which I think sounds a lot better than, than reassignment.
0: Um, right. And just as a small correction, I think that the earlier term was genital reconstructive surgery. Okay. I think you may have said sexual reconstructive surgery.
1: Um, that's, that's what I was told. Okay. Um, so, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I did look out. So, so my question is, because she kept coming back to it, Carmen Carrera kept saying, you know, this isn't something that I'm comfortable talking about. It's not a, a, an appropriate question to ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so Katie Kirk laid off and then Laverne Cox came on and she, Katie Kirk started asking Laverne Cox about her genitals. <laughs> and Right. Why? So, so I'm going to phrase this in a way that, that very obviously reflects my bias. Why is it
0: inappropriate to ask transgender people about their genitals? It's inappropriate for the same reasons it's inappropriate to ask anyone about their genitals. Amen. Because if I were to ask you about your vulva, I mean, I know you as a friend, but that would probably still be weird. I mean, maybe if I knew you for five or ten years, that might be something. But even then, maybe a little iffy. Um. It'd be sort of like if you were to walk up to a man on the street and ask him if he's circumcised, which would be very rude, not to mention that if he were to be a trans man, he may not have a penis in the first place. So um, I guess what it comes down to is for trans people or cisgender people, don't go asking about their junk unless you know them really, really well. And even then, it might be a little bit iffy.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to sit here for a second and revel in the fact that I asked you that because it's so obvious to me. You wouldn't go oh, sure. to a cis person
0: and say, so, tell me about your junk. <laughs> you know, why? Right, right. I, I think some of the um, fascination with people's junk probably lies in the idea of biological essentialism, which is the fallacy that there's any correlation between what your genitals are and what gender you are. So some uh, cis bigots may feel that, oh, someone's not, quote unquote, really a man or, quote unquote, really a woman if they have a certain thing in their pants or the other thing in their pants.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit, because that's something I hear very frequently Mm -hmm. is um, until they have surgery, they are the gender they were assigned at birth, Mm -hmm. which is untrue. Can you talk about why
0: that's untrue? Oh, sure. Um because what determines what your gender is is the the gender that you identify as. And people I guess intrinsically like to have um obvious things determine um the course of actions of things. Um but sometimes there may be non-obvious things, um for example, um, someone who may have depression, well, you can't just examine their body to see if they have depression. You have to talk to them, get to know them. And ultimately, it's that person who helps determine whether they have depression. And in the same way, being trans is not something that um, is part of your body. And what gender you are is really just the gender that's your brain identifies as so um the the bits that you have those are just kind of ancillary because they are men who have a penis or who have a vulva There are also women who have a penis or women who have a vulva so there's not really a link there and um even though society might like to keep things in tidy buckets that's just not how it works out
1: yeah i, I have found that Even in myself, like I like things to be neatly categorized, you know, Mm -hmm. like blog posts, you know. (laughs) Oh, sure. But a blog post can cover a range of subjects. It's not just necessarily one thing. And it's a blog post, not a person.
0: Right, right. And um, I think the there may be a natural urge to have things fit in buckets. And certainly whether it's your blog posts, your, your iTunes library, that's all fine. I mean, when things happen to fit in those buckets... That's that can be good if that's your bag but at the same time sometimes things just don't find those buckets and well that's the the hand that you're dealt.
1: So what about um the idea that um members of the LGBTQ community are really dealing with mental illness like you're not attracted to someone of the same sex you're you know you're just sick and you need to have therapy you know kind of the mm gross conversion therapy things right what what do you have to say about you know that kind of, that fallacy
0: um uh, well i think fortunately within society it's becoming uh almost universally recognized that that's all just bunk that if you're you're just born one way or the other and that's just how it goes there's no way to convert someone from one to the other even if you wanted to and um I think that, um, I think fortunately that's becoming, uh, quite on the fringes of society, both for people who might be any of the letters within LGBT. So, um, I'm not saying it isn't out there, but I think fortunately that's becoming, uh, more of a, a marginalized viewpoint. Goodness. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause that's
1: ridiculous. Um, so one question that, that I got when I was talking on Twitter about doing the show with you is, um, you know, I was raised to to be polite and say, yes, sir. Or, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And that is a habit I'm trying to break, um, especially mm-hmm. after um, hanging out with my trans friends and hearing them be misgendered. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I have one friend I go out with and. Uh, like we went three or four places one evening and it was like, how are you ladies doing? And No, mm. <laughs> you know, that's not, no. Right. Um, right. But I still find myself doing it. Like I call in a uh, tech support or call about a transaction on my credit card. And um, I, I will say yes, sir. Or, yes, ma'am based on the way someone's voice sounds and the mm. name they gave. Um, And, you know, like it, in the South, it's proper to say yes, sir. Or, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Um, how would you advise people who were raised that way?
0: Um, I, I think that, um, I mean, I think your instincts are pretty good there that, um, there can be issues with just guessing at someone's gender, um, especially over the phone or situations like that. Um, I, I think also that, um, you can also take cues from, this is if you were to meet someone in person, um. There are certain cases where someone might, um, dress very masculinely or dress very femininely, um, where I could, um, I could give someone some leeway in those cases. Um, but certainly there's that wide middle ground where you may be unsure. And in those cases, you could just omit them. Um, like, uh, I'm just thinking about, uh, like a server at a restaurant might say, um, what can I get you to drink? Uh, Instead of saying, what can I get you to drink, sir? Or what can I get you to drink, ma'am? And you can really just confer confer the same kind of meaning that way. And um, I think as well, um, some cisgender people are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, A little skittish around gender-related things if they're around someone who they think may be trans. Um, Sometimes they'll just avoid all pronouns and things like that. Um, But actually, if you... um, If you had wanted to ask a trans person about their pronouns, as long as you do it privately, just you and them, and you can just say something like, "Uh, I just wanted to ask which pronouns you prefer, that will actually... um, People will actually be really happy to hear that trans people. Um, they'll, I mean, they might say she and her, or he and him, or they, or another pronoun. But um, that's always an option if, um, if you had wanted to check with someone, it's it's it wouldn't be considered offensive to ask them about that as long as you do it, you know, just kind of one on one privately with them.
1: Why is it important to use the correct pronouns?
0: Um, by using the correct pronouns you um uh accept someone uh for who they are and you accept how they identify rather than uh assuming things about them, rather than um going with preconceptions that society may have assigned to them. Um it it's um it's not unlike if um if you if you knew, uh, if you had a friend who was gay and you were to invite him to your wedding, um, you would not say something like you can invite, uh, your girlfriend along because that'd be super offensive. But you could, you could say something like, um, oh, please come to our wedding and you can bring a guy along if you like, or something like that. It just helps affirm that, uh, you're supportive of who they are. And so I think from a gender point of view it kind of works the same way. Yeah, it's about yeah, respecting people for who they
1: are and who they say they are. Right. Right. Um you know, when when people change their names when they get married, we don't argue with them about that, you know. I know, we,
0: funny thing, right? Yeah.
1: We we accept that. So mm-hmm. um and I I get that it can be difficult for people who have not been around a lot of transgender people like because society has a neat little list of what is masculine and what is feminine, what is he and what is she. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that can be problematic to get over. And, and I, I totally and completely understand. Um, and what I have done in those situations is I have said, I know that your pronouns are he, um, and his, and if I slip, you know, I know it's not your job, but I would really appreciate it if you would correct me so that I can apologize and rectify it. Um, and that has gone over well, 100% of the time Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you will learn quickly because it's embarrassing for me when I mess up, when I have in the past messed up someone's pronouns, Mm -hmm. I don't really do it so much anymore. So it just takes a little bit of practice.
0: Right. And um it's if say you were hanging out with your trans friend with say two other friends who you just met. If you were to mess up your trans friend's pronouns, it would not only be embarrassing, but it would also serve to out your trans friend mm-hmm. potentially. So it's um it's not a good thing. Yeah. And it it's
1: it's about respect. And you know, this is where this is where we have to correct people too. I know. Um I met a, a an internet friend of mine um recently and um my husband slipped and said he, instead of they and I mm-hmm. you know was like nope, try again. Right. And so Justin was like, Oh crap, I apologize. You know, and it's it's really,
0: yeah. Do it, people. Do it right. And I think, like you were alluding to, it can um. It can be sort of a an additional sign of support when someone other than your trans friend is the one making the correction, like when you were correcting your husband about, oh no, it's it's not this pronoun; it's this other one. Um, having uh, a cis ally step in to do that is also uh, kind of a nice thing. So speaking of allyship, um
1: how how can cisgender people be good allies to the transgender population?
0: Uh well, I think some of them we sort of already talked about a bit, um things like uh, using whichever pronoun someone would ask you to use, using the name that they ask you to use. Um, and I think also um helping to get other people on board about it. Um, such that like the, like, like the example you mentioned with your husband, where, uh, if he messes up uh trans person's pronoun, if you were to be the one to correct it, that, uh, takes that off the shoulders of the trans person to take care of it. And, um, I think those are, uh, probably the kind of the, the main things with it. Um, I think also, um, if you're close friends with a a trans person and perhaps they've just transitioned, if you happen to be, um, the gender that they identify as, you may be able to help them get up to speed with some of the social norms of that gender, if they're interested in that kind of thing. So, um, for example, if, if you were to be friends with a trans woman, who's just starting her transition, um, if she had wanted to learn about makeup and if you were good at that by chance then that might be something where you could give her a hand with that um at the same time uh makeup is just a personal choice so some people are into it some people are not so you know but that's fine too you know and and there's such a spectrum i think
1: of what is what men and women do like Mm-hmm. There are no two women who are exactly alike, just as there are no two men who are exactly alike. And mm-hmm. um, I think about this a lot in in relation to the the trans community. So I was when I was born, the doctor said, you're congratulations. You have a girl. And that's how I was raised. And I never I never doubted that mm-hmm. ever. Right. But like the last time I wore makeup was at my wedding in 2013. I um, mean okay, sure. like like I don't wear nail polish. I don't you know I I I'm oh, good wow. with my hair, you know. I know I was actually gonna ask you for nail polish tips because I know that oh, that's yeah. your thing. So. I could
0: talk about nail polish tips. So, <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm so, so
1: looking forward to it. <laughs> let's do that. Cause I was watching um yeah. the, the first episode of Miss Gender uh-huh. where you um you were telling your friend Jay about how, you know, kind of um Kind of walking through your process of transition transitioning. You were talking about nail polish was your first step. And I was like, I need to talk to Ashley because my nails are a (laughs) rut.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, nail I'm not not to get on all sidetrack, but like if you listen to some more of our misgender episodes, which you can find at MISSGender.com, uh, you can You'll you'll see that nail polish is a common topic. It's something that I like a lot. And um in fact, I pay my nails a different color each week. Um, so my nails are never not painted. It's it's something I enjoy a lot. And I just um, so I
1: I like the look of nice manicured nails. Mm-hmm. I, I I really do. I just don't have the patience for it. So Oh. So maybe I don't know, maybe you can well, I don't know if I can teach you patience,
0: <laughs> but... I've been trying for 32 years, but maybe someone yeah. will be able to eventually. I mean, I think part of it is, um, I to me, at this stage, having painted my nails probably several hundred times, it's sort of like uh, folding laundry, for example, something that is not a difficult task for me in which I can sort of do as a background process of, of sorts. And um, I think that I mean, in, in some ways be part of it that, uh, the first few times when you're doing it, it's takes a bit more effort and concentration, but if you try it a few more times, um, you make it better at it over time. And, um, and for me, I also, uh, I mean, I, I don't just sit at the table and paint my nails and just kind of stare at the wall. I mean, usually what I'll do is watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy on my DVR because Usually Fridays are my nail polish day, so mm-hmm. I've got the episode from Thursday most of the time. Um, or other TV shows, but um, that I can catch some catch some of my shows, paint my nails. So I just kind of find it a, a nice relaxing time. But I mean, but that's just me. I mean, some people feel that way; others don't. That's,
1: that's okay. My thing has always been, even though I don't shake the bottle, I always get bubbles, and I can't get the bubbles out. Oh it, it, it bothers me to see, mm-hmm. like look down and see the bubbles. And I've tried doing like thinner layers of nail polish and then I get the coat uneven, oh. and I'm just
0: not, you know. Can I ask which brands of nail polish you're using? Oh, just in case <sighs> it's <titty> nail polish. <laughs> you know, it's been a while since I've painted. I think I have, <laughs> like, I have some, some, is it OPI or OPI? is I, don't I i've always gone with opi but yeah. that's sort of one of those mysteries of the universe it could theoretically be op but that just sounds dumb to me so i go with opi Yeah, see i agree yeah
1: so i've done you know not not like the 99 cent nail polishes mm-hmm. it's usually you know the, the more the more expensive ones so actually what i've started doing is um like for events i'll go get a gel manicure since it'll oh stay yeah out a bit longer, mm-hmm. but, sure sure yep that's but, that's handy um, right, But it's also very expensive. So,
0: I mean, yes, it does add up. I don't do it very often. Yeah.
1: Yep. But yeah, yeah. Nail polish tips. I will come to you for those in just yeah. in general, because,
0: yeah, it's nice to have pretty nails. I know. We could even have like a special episode of like nail polish or equal or something. <laughs> yeah. Or we could
1: do misgender since that's a video podcast.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll talk your ear
1: off. <laughs> love to. Yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, I, I we we have identified culturally these things that are supposed to be supposed to be this is what a woman is supposed to be. She's supposed mm-hmm. to to wear nail polish and stiletto heels and always have her hair fixed and you know there's there's a list, but in reality this is not true. And those stereotypes mm-hmm. are harmful to everybody. And I I think about that um, when it comes to like the the trans community and the way transgender people are, are are treated because they don't strictly they don't look like what our idea of a woman is supposed to look like and I'm mm-hmm. using like liberal air quotes that you can't see because we're not videoscaping which is, right you know yep but you know there there is no nobody there are no two people who are exactly alike and yet we try to to use these these measures for, for gender. And it's just not, it doesn't work when someone is assigned their gender and they stay with that gender. They, you know, that's, that is their gender. It doesn't work for cis people. Why do we try to make that apply to trans people as well?
0: Oh, sure. I mean, uh, I I think. Fortunately, I I think for younger people, like people, 30 and under, say this is much less of an issue because, um, I mean, you may have, uh, a guy wearing a pink shirt or purple pants or, you know, which is all totally fine. And I think for a lot of younger people, they recognize, oh, what's the big deal? It's just color. Or, um, perhaps, uh, some women who like to have really short hair or, you know, things like that, which is all also super fine. And, any of those things work. Um, I think, I think where sometimes things get, um, I think where sometimes people hold on to some of the older ways is with people who are maybe in their fifties or sixties, people who grew up in a different time where um, perhaps it was at a time where women were expected to wear dresses and skirts most of the time and things like that. And, and nowadays, of course that's not true in the first place, but it may, that kind of thinking may bleed into, um, the way that people have their expectations for trans people. And, um, just as, I guess, a smaller correction from, um, I guess part of your introduction to this question, you were saying about how these, uh, these stereotypes be harmful, even for people who stick with their gender. And, um. I think that um this is this is something that may not be universally true among trans people but I think it's quite broadly true that um I identify as always having been a woman um mm-hmm. that as I see it I didn't change my gender I may have been perceived as one gender earlier in my life but I've I've always been a girl I've always been a woman um and so it, it may be that um for trans people they may change the way they're perceived throughout their life but um i i don't know that I would say that trans people are necessarily changing their gender
1: that's an excellent point thank you for calling me out on that yeah you bet it and it's these outside perceptions and what is thrust upon us um it's it's problematic mhm super problematic
0: Yes, life is problematic. I know. That's the worst, isn't it? I know, right? Yeah, that should be the, the Twitter bio for life. <laughs> problematic. Just one word. Just, yes, just right. hashtag
1: problematic. Yep. You know, and our society just makes me angry.
0: <laughs> it, it has its problems. I mean, I, I'm not going to deny that, but I've actually found through my transition, um, it's actually increased my faith in humanity has it? It has because, um, the, uh, vast, vast majority of coworkers, friends, cousins, uncles, aunts have all been supportive of me. Um, and sure you've got a, you know, an occasional bad apple or what have you, but, um, but the vast majority of people who I've come out to have been very supportive, have used the right names for me, and the right pronouns. And so, um, I think that it really goes to show how society is evolving, how things are getting better, even if maybe just slowly, but I think it is getting better than it used to be. Good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm I think I'm a little jaded um especially when topics of transition come up because um I have a, a friend who in January wrote me a very long email and said, you know, you've known me for a long time. You've known me by, you know, male pronouns and this male name, but I am not a man. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, Mm -hmm. nice. And unfortunately, my friend's family has not been as supportive. And Mm. so I've been trying to, um, to bolster them and help them, you know, get out of not great situation Mm
0: -hmm. in,
1: in plan and that kind of thing. And so I I think I have a very skewed lens currently of what, um, of what a transition, what transitions look like for Mm -hmm. people. Um, especially because this is all of my, all of my other trans or non-binary friends, um, for the most part, they've already gone through their transition and I have known them since they've um, since they have transitioned like mm-hmm. fully. And so like, this is my first experience, like walking with someone as they're going through it. And so I, I'm a little jaded right now because of mm-hmm. their bad experience, I think.
0: Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right that there are, I mean, in as much as things maybe getting better as a whole, there are certainly situations that are not turning out very well for people.
1: And I think that's why it's even more important for, for the rest of us to get on board and start, you know, not get on board, but to actively be a voice of support to people instead of Mm -hmm. just kind of passively, um, passively supporting and hoping that, you know, that that, I don't know, goodwill that we're silently putting out to the universe, you know, gets to where it
0: needs to go. right. Right. And just to chime in on a thing you were saying earlier about, um, I think you used the phrase trans or non-binary people. Um, given that trans roughly means people who uh, don't identify with the gender they were assigned at birth, people who are outside of the gender binding would also fall within that umbrella of transgender. Okay. Yep. So just, you know, minor housekeeping. No biggie. No, it's good. It's good to know. I think um,
1: uh, I was very sheltered growing up. Um, mm. Not not by design, but by geography. Oh, and where did you grow up? Southwestern Colorado. So I grew up in a oh. tiny town of like 600 people. Wow. Um, we did not have people who were openly transgender. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's anybody whoever was transgender in that community, I I was not aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, as I've grown and moved away, I've still had cisgender friends as far as I know. Mm -hmm. And so um, starting less than or equals really has been my foray into one learning and two applying knowledge to be supportive to people. So I definitely still get things wrong. And I always appreciate it when people tell me um, because I can't help, one, if I'm getting things wrong, and two, if I'm being defensive and mean about
0: it when I do. <laughs> right, right. No, I, th- I, th- I think you've got a great attitude about it. And to be fair, I think you're getting a whole lot of right. It's just, you know, little tiddly bits on the side that might not be quite there. But by and large, you're doing great.
1: Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm trying.
0: I'm mm-hmm. trying.
1: And I think a lot of people are trying. We just need to get there. Right, right. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about kind of on this um, cisgender education (laughs)
0: topic? Oh, sure. Um, One thing that's sometimes uh, puzzling for cisgender people is how to refer to anecdotes of their trans friends from before their transition. Mm. So... If my mom were describing some anecdote of me going camping or something like that, she might say, when you were little, uh, well, when you were little, and just avoid the subject, but just because my mom's kind of a, eh, not quite there yet. But, um, but by and large, as I was saying about how trans people, um, most trans people I've met identify as having always having been that gender, it's, um generally a good way to go is to use the same pronouns and gender as they identify. So if my mom were to be describing an anecdote about when I was little, um, she could say something like, Oh, when Ashley was a little girl, such and such and such. And so, um, I think that's something that sometimes. cis people are a little unclear about, I mean, not being mm-hmm. a cis person, I have no idea, but that seems to be a bit of the case. Have you encountered that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And
1: it's actually something that I um I encounter with myself because this friend I was talking about was a childhood friend. And so um so I was unclear. And I think I it was actually um I I read a summary of one of your podcasts, like your show notes, or oh, right. I watched the beginning of one of them where you talked about that and that helped clarify it for me that Oh yeah, no, I should be using I should be using this person's gender. Current and always pronoun,
0: and not the one,
1: not not the one I knew when we were growing up.
0: Yes, yeah, yes. Or to put put it more succinctly, their, their pronoun. pronoun. Right, right. Yes, yeah. and <laughs> um I think uh, one of the other bits I thought to mention as far as trans stuff. This is just kind of one of my pet that comes uh, around now and again. Is that um, people sometimes use your junk as a proxy for gender Mm -hmm. so it's not uncommon to hear someone say something like oh why should i get paid 70 cents 77 cents on the dollar just because i have a vagina Mm -hmm. but that's not why you're being paid 70 cents on the dollar it's because you're a woman Mm -hmm. and it's for the same reason i'm being paid 77 cents on the dollar even though i don't have a vagina um but it's just because I'm a woman and other women are women. And so um, I think that's something where people sometimes slip up or sometimes when um, people talk about uh, maybe if they're flippantly trying to increase diversity at the company and saying something like, oh, we need to hire more double X chromosomes or something like that. Mm -hmm. But chromosomes have no correlation with gender either because... Um, I'm a woman, but I don't have two X chromosomes, at least not as far as I know, because I haven't had them tested, but probably not. Probably. So, yeah. So those those are just kind of some, uh, little things that kind of came, came to mind. Those are great
1: points. And I've also been guilty of that. So, um, I don't think recently, I think mm. I've, I think I've been more educated, you know, in the last few months. Oh, and sure. Have I not. Have, I have a hunch. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. is, are there any other, um, niggles or mistakes that 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 people make that maybe aren't huge, big deals, but, you know, we should still start, to, we should try to be
0: more cognizant of? Well, I, I think, for example, um, some people conflate the idea of gender identity and sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, um, I'm mostly attracted to women and... Just because I transitioned doesn't mean that I'm attracted to men now. It doesn't there's there's no they're not tied together like that. Um so it also means that while people saw me as straight before my transition, um I'm I'm gay in actuality because I'm attracted to women. So um I guess that's something something that sometimes throws people off a bit. Um just some some people, Assume that those are related, but nope, no, no relation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a great, good one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh I know. So can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Okay, neat. So when you, um, when you first, uh, met people who were openly trans or, um, or, or that type of thing. What was your take on the situation? Was it um was it something you had to get your head around or um did it uh kind of fall into place pretty quickly or how how was that like for you? You know, it's
1: it's it's really interesting, um, given where I was raised and how conservative the area is. Um but my family is is not very bigoted when it comes to <laughs> when it <laughs> comes an to endorsement. that right it's um some so my family <laughs> so my family I have some some racist family members who if asked will say they are not racist of course um, but by and large I'm trying to think and I also have a very small family I don't have like 20 million cousins, like a lot of people I know. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I have three cousins, I have two uncles and my grandmother, and that's like my family right now. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I do have some family members who are racist, but um but issues of sexuality and gender equality have never been a big deal in my family. Mm. So so meeting a transgender person when I have known you know, it's not a big deal. And when I haven't known, I haven't known. And even if I did, it wouldn't be a big deal. You know, it's, um, that has not been an issue for for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I have the struggles with, oh, that person has a deep voice. So it's he, and, you know, I, I, I struggle with that kind of societal expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a whole lot. And I, it's never been, um, something I've even really given much thought to, to be entirely honest. That's kind of good, actually. Um, I kind of feel I feel like people might perceive me as being disingenuous by saying this. Oh, well, she's, you know, she's like a diversity advocate. So of course, she's gonna say that. But it really is the truth. It's just, Mm -hmm. and I think that's part of why I'm doing this is because I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like I've lived my entire life. Not thinking that issues of sexuality and gender identity are a big deal like mm-hmm. it's just not so yeah does that answer your question at all
0: i think so yeah <laughs> okay. sure yeah
1: yep it it's just i it's just people being their authentic selves and mm-hmm. as long as that's not harmful to other people there's there's nothing wrong with it you know like right if oh, you're, sure. you're a, a, a bigot and you're being your authentic th- self we're going to have words but You know, people trying to live their lives and be happy and it's not it's not harmful to anybody. Why does anyone care?
0: Right. And I would even argue that um, being your authentic self is um, being the self that you were born to be. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think that bigots aren't born bigots. So I'm not sure even that would be an example of being their authentic self.
1: That's a good point. And I guess I. Yeah, that's a good point yeah yeah do you have any other questions
0: for me I'm happy to answer um oh uh when did you decide that you were straight oh
1: well you know I never really had to think about it I
0: know I'm only only partially (laughs) facetious actually I'm kind of curious
1: no I um yeah just just like my gender identity it's not something I had to think Mm -hmm. about yeah god that must be so convenient I am positive it is. And in fact, I do think about that from time to time, you know, when I I talk to, um, you know, when a listener emails and says, oh, you know, like I had had a difficult time transitioning. And I'm like, I am so lucky. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky.
0: Yeah, because you got your vagina for free. I did. God, I did. Yep. Those are expensive. I am sure. Mm
1: -hmm. One of my favorite, um, favorite recent scenes on TV has been in Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. Um, Laverne Cox's character. They're, they're like in the jail talking about like female anatomy and like the women, like they don't know female anatomy and Laverne Cox is like, okay, listen, I'm going to (laughs) educate you. And she like, (laughs) she does and has like diagrams. And she's like, because I studied a lot of these before I got mine. (laughs) And I Mm -hmm. was like, well, I guess that's one advantage you might have, but
0: you know. Oh, sure. Right. Right. Yep. And I mean, just to kind of segue off that a bit, um, some, some people are under the impression that surgery is a necessary part of transition, Mm -hmm. but, um, there are some trans people who have some surgery, some people who don't, but either way doesn't make you more or less valid as your gender um it's something that some people um are able to do and um go for but some people don't and that's okay too same with hormone replacement therapy people right right exactly um and i and i suppose as well that um i i think one of one of my other small gripes i mean in addition to sort of what we were talking at the beginning of the show about how You don't want to just ask strangers about their junk. Um, The the phrase, the surgery, kind of rubs me the wrong way, I suppose. Um, Since for me, I'm probably going to have about three surgeries as part of my transition. Um, But I'm able to do that because I have um, some of the privilege of having a college education and having a job in the tech sector that I can... Sort of kind of afford this,, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who um perhaps choose not to do that or just can't afford it because um to get a nice vagina, it could be twenty to twenty four thousand your take um some trans people choose to go for facial surgeries or breast augmentation, and it all adds up it's um it's and almost always it's not covered by insurance either so it's just out of pocket too bad i would really like to see that change
1: really like to see that change
0: yeah and i think um some states are starting to require it um because i mean i say it's it's just discrimination it's not even um, it's not even smoothed over discrimination because insurance policies Admittedly, in the front print, they'll just explicitly say transgender surgeries are not covered, just black and white. There it is. And um, there are some states like, I think, uh, California, perhaps uh, Oregon, where they're starting to disallow those disclaimers. But um, uh, for most people in the U.S., though, it's not covered. So you're just kind of stuck. Yep.
1: Well, no. and there are, you know, um, some people can't have surgeries. Mm-hmm. They don't react well. Surgeries right. are painful. Some people don't like pain. Like there are. Oh, yeah. Tons of reasons. Yeah. Right.
0: So, yeah, and just don't
1: ask. Just just
0: don't ask. Right. Gosh. Because it's kind of irrelevant. Um, yeah. I mean, by, by way of analogy, it would be like. Walking up to someone and asking if their children are adopted. Um, because first of all, that's none of your business. But secondly, it doesn't matter whether they're adopted or not. They're their children. That's that's all that pertains. Oh, people. people. I know. Can't live with <laughs> them. Can't live without them. Yeah. God. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Ashley? Oh, yeah. OK. Um, have you ever painted your husband's nails?
1: I I'm haven't. guessing no. No, no. Oh, I, God. I'm trying to think. He might like it. What if he does? I, You know, I'm sure he'd let
0: me. I I don't think he would care. I would. If he were in town, I would paint his nails for him <laughs> if he consented to it.
1: Well, if we I have tried to get him to get a pedicure with me and he wouldn't do that. But what? Yeah. Getting a
0: pedicure doesn't make you gay. Oh, well, I
1: don't whatever. think it was. I don't think it was that. It's just. uh Kind of like me with painting my nails, it's just, like, he doesn't see the point. Like, like it it's time God. that he could be using to do other things, and I'm like, but it's relaxing, and then your feet look pretty. And he's like, yeah, I don't care if my feet look pretty. Yeah, and I but was like, like,
0: okay. They rub your feet, and they use this little cheese grater thing on your heels that gets the gunk off. And they, and even, I- like, massage your calves, and maybe you get a little glass of wine. Oh, my God, it's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I... I i think if i really wanted him to he would he's um he's pretty like non-stereotypical male and and those types of things like i'm trying to think i may have like put makeup on him at one point i'm trying to remember but he's got a way to bury the lead (laughs) he's got he's got a lot of facial hair so it's hard um you know but he's 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 he doesn't care because he me what the
0: makeup you put on him
1: I don't, you know, it would have been like a like bare minerals because that's what I have because it doesn't but like expire. a foundation or powder or mm, I don't think he would have let me do like eyeshadow. He would, I might be misremembering. Okay, I might be. I I think I've attacked him with some lip gloss a time or two. Oh sure, yeah. But he wasn't like, but he doesn't like stuff on his lips. So, oh wow, <sighs> I know, You know. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's kinda neat though. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy.
0: He I sounds like, like it. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. Sounds like you two are a good fit.
1: Yeah. Usually. You know.
0: Sure. I mean, <laughs> that's just how things go. Relationships. You know? Yeah. Right right, right. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yep. So anything else? Um okay. Can I try to guess your shoe size? Yes. Is it an eight and a half? Nope. Is it bigger, or smaller? Bigger. Do you want to know how tall I am?
1: That okay, might... yeah, tell me how tall you are. So I'm 5'4", but I don't think that's going to help you a lot.
0: Yeah, because most people 5'4... <laughs> four... Okay,
1: 9 1⁄2. Mm-hmm, 9 1⁄2 or 10, depending upon the size. Okay.
0: Sometimes a 9. Sometimes a 9. Wow. So you can, like, just walk into a shoe store and buy shoes? Oh, uh, okay, well... What? This it's is actually, not meant to be a true question. <laughs> it's actually kind of hard.
1: You know, the smaller sizes, I think this is, you know, maybe where you're going. So like you get, mm-hmm. you know, seven and a half or eight and I'll be looking. And I'm like, oh, those are kind of cute. But by the time you get up to like nine and a half or ten, it's it's usually they're usually kind of starting to fade.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is, but, this is me playing the world's smallest violin. I bet. What size shoe do you wear? Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. Yeah. So it's it's harder but like a lot harder yeah usually i'll walk into a shoe store and find the first clerk that i can run into and just ask them do you have any shoes in a 12 Mm. and they will say no i'm sorry ma'am, we don't and then i'll walk out because they have literally nothing i can buy it usually is like size 11 is usually the biggest isn't it um usually yeah yeah um I'm and, trying to like pay less type stores. Sure, sure. Um, and I mean there are stores like uh, Nordstrom and Nordstrom Rack occasionally I have twelves or thirteens. Um and Zappos has some too, but it would just be awful nice to walk into like a normal person's shoe store and because um, the other thing is that um I mean if you go into Zappos and you're like, okay, click shoes, click size 13, say um, by the time you get up to that sort of stratosphere, a surprisingly large number of them are either grandma shoes or stripper shoes. Mm -hmm. And that's not really what I'm looking for, for like going to work and stuff. Right. So kind of a bummer. Um, I can
1: sympathize maybe a little bit more than you think because I am, I'm fat. And so finding clothes Mm -hmm. is really hard unless I go to uh, torrid or lane bryant or mm. shop online like those those are my choices so i i can i oh, can yeah. kind of sympathi- sympathize with you on on finding
0: things that fit that's a good point yeah yeah and i think in both of those cases it's just money left on the table usually absolutely usually greed slash capitalism is supposed to be the hand of the market blah 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 and fix this stuff but i don't know yeah. So if, if they had shoes, I would buy them, and I, I'm sure if they had uh, clothes in your size at whatever store, that you'd buy them, and it'd just be easier for everyone.
1: Yeah. Well, it's um again at Pax East, I went to a panel put on by uh, Press X Y, and mm. um it was all of the panelists were transgender, and um they were talking about um the history of transgender people in video games, mm. and they kind of went through um through examples and um one of the panelists said uh it was something along the lines of it's socially acceptable still to make fun of transgender people and people who are fat. And mm-hmm. like you still have racist people making jokes and that kind of thing, but it's not socially acceptable anymore. Right. Right. And so um I think part of I've wondered if part of the reason why I feel um I have felt the need to help advocate for trans people is because of my obesity because I can sympathize mm. better than a lot of people cuz I've I've been overweight my entire life. I was put on my first diet when I was 3, you know. And so I've, oh. I have often wondered if if growing up fat is part of the reason why I um, why I see this need and why I want to help make things better in that community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or better for people in
0: that community. Not Better in sure the sure I think um i I would like to think that in many ways people who are lacking privilege of one area or another um, can have can relate to people who are missing different areas of privilege but nonetheless are also marginalized and um for instance um i I think there's probably a lot to that, yeah, yeah, what other questions do you have for me? Ah, do you color your
1: hair? Um, I don't dye most of it, but I have a, I have like a two inch streak on the right side that, um, is violet on top. And then it's, um, an ombre to, uh, pink at the bottom. Neat. So you grew up in Colorado Mm -hmm. and do you live in Arizona now? I do. I live in, Fe- in the Phoenix area. Okay. Have you lived in other areas? Um, I briefly lived in Taos, New Mexico, and mm. um, I grew I grew up in central Colorado, and then we moved um, to what I call my hometown when I was in, um, I guess, late elementary school.
0: Okay. I was just trying to place your accent, I guess, which it's not a terribly strong one, but... Um... It it's probably I, I, that rural Colorado. It could be, yeah. Like the way you said pink, as if it has three E's in the middle. Did I? It, I mean it's super adorable. Like pink. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. But I mean that's I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I've got funny ways of saying things too, so uh yeah. You know. I think we all do, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. This has been great, Aline. I really like chatting with you. We should just chat anyway even if it's not yeah, for our podcast. We totally can. And I'd really like to have you on to talk
1: about your geekiness and nail polish? Yeah, and nail polish and, you know, whatever so that um so that we can kind of round it out a little bit more.
0: Oh sure, yeah, we can have a, a part 2. Yes,
1: absolutely. Right. And then a part 3. I know. We do that. Yeah, just like some friends
0: having a chit chat. <laughs> We can totally do that. Yeah. Um, So Ashley, where can people find you online? Oh, sure. So um, we've been alluding a bit to uh, uh, my podcast I do with my friend Jay, and that's called Miss Gender. It's M-I-S-S gender dot com. And I'm also on Twitter at Snuggle Polish. That's like snuggle then polish, but just mush together. And also, if you want to f- follow MissGender on Twitter, that's just, you know, MissGender on Twitter. And um, yeah, I think that'll mostly cover it then. All right.
1: Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests or would like to be a guest, please go to less than or equal dot com and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, I would really appreciate it if you'd leave a review on iTunes. If you can't leave a review, a star rating would also be phenomenal. Um, we also have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash Aline. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, Emmeline Sims for Less Than or Equal.